life can knock us down. But it's not about how many times we get knocked down, it's about how many times we get up. And this is the uh, topic for today's episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show, where I'm going to interview my good friend, uh, Stella Maher, and she's going to talk uh, of her journey from breast cancer survivor to impacting women and impacting young women. Now, welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today I have the pleasure to interview the one and only Stella Maher. Stella is a confidence coach to young women and the founder of the Lioness Within Coaching. And she helps young women to rediscover the self-assured, confident person hidden within them. Stella was part of the great six-month breakthrough coaching program for students at the ARC Alvin Academy in Wembley, helping the students who took part in the program to make a positive shift in their self-belief and academic performance, and as well as working with a large number of schools. Now, uh, in this episode, we is going to be really exciting because uh, we are going to really dive deep into what it takes to get up again again and again and to reinvent yourself. In fact, we are talking about how Stella overcame bullying at a young age and how that shaped their character and also how she faced the transition of moving to another country. could definitely relate with both of those parts because I was bullied myself and moved from Italy to the UK and uh, sometimes you have to know how to deal with those particular changes and in particular Stella had a much bigger move then uh, she had to almost reinvent herself. So you will, you will love her, that part of her story. And also, we're going to talk about how she went from cancer survivor to empowering young women and how that, how that experience help, so helped shape her purpose and their next direction in life. So this is what we're going to talk about. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Business Show, what the heck are you waiting for? Join it now so you can get connected with the like-minded experts, authors, entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers that are all there to help each other. And also you get access to uh, absolute free training on all the aspects of building a coaching and speaking business. So make sure that you join the group. The link is in the show notes or you can go on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz Community. Now, without further ado, it's time to get started. Enjoy episode 244 from breast cancer survivor to impacting young women globally with Stella Maher. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. And today I'm here with our GTX Lifetime member, Stella Maher. How are you doing, Stella? I'm great. Thank you, Simone. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you very much. Uh, today's interview day. So I've been uh, recording uh, interviews back to back. I love interview days because uh, I get to uh, talk to incredible people like yourself. So. <laughs> I've never considered myself as incredible. <laughs> uh, well, you, you definitely are. I know you. I know you. And I know that you, you definitely are. That's very kind. <laughs> you, you're welcome. So let's. we're going to get to know you a bit better here on the show today. So I would love to to 
start with uh, a bit more about what you do right now and uh, the work that you do. So I am a confidence coach to young women and I am also the founder of the Lioness Within Coaching. I'm very passionate about helping young women to rediscover that self-assured, confident person that is within them. Uh, I love helping them to um, connect with the, the beauty they have within them and with the strength that they have within them so that they can start to take control of their lives and believe in themselves. I'm very passionate about doing that because I believe that every young person has something inside of them that they are not even aware of. Mm -hmm. So I love to connect them with that strength. And that's why I called my business The Lioness Within. That's, that's absolutely beautiful. Um, what inspired you to do what you do now? What inspired you to go into confidence coaches in particular for, for, for teenage girls? Well, um, I was inspired to do this because as a teenage girl myself, I struggled very much with confidence. I struggled with body confidence in particular. I had a very poor self-image as a result of some of the experiences I had, um, which I wouldn't go into detail, but I was bullied for my appearance and I was made fun of and I was called all sorts of names and that affected my, my confidence greatly. It made me feel very insecure and very self-conscious about my appearance and, and socially, um, awkward and I, I hated myself in fact hmm. and that's why I do what I do now uh, is there um, uh, how, how did you because I don't want to go into much into details on if you don't want to but is there um, how did you uh, overcome those years because uh, I know that you've done like a, a lot of personal development uh, growing yes. up and to to change also yes. your mindset and yourself as, as yes. a woman but how did you navigate those years? How did you uh, like come out on the other side uh, well, after I simply, experiencing it? Yes, I, 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 um, at first it was really difficult. But then um, as I got older and I started working, um, I found that I was still struggling very much with, mm. with confidence, even though people told me that I looked very confident and I appeared really sure of myself but I knew that deep down I wasn't and that's when I knew I had to do something about it so I, I started attending personal development courses and and reading books and watching DVDs and and I really fell in love you know with personal development so much that I decided to retrain as a coach from being a confidential secretary and PA I, I changed over to become a, a life coach um. Is it was? Um, do you remember like if 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 there was a, a particular moment where, you know, you felt a shift uh, within you? You felt almost like the penny dropped. Is there a particular moment where that happened? Yes, the penny dropped when I I, I had um, a first business that I was doing. Mm -hmm. It was a network marketing business. Mm -hmm. And it was while I was in the process of building this business that I realized, because it involved going to meet people, going mm -hmm. to talk to people, training, building a team. And I really struggled with that. And that's when the penny dropped. And that's when I knew I needed to do something about my confidence. And I knew I needed to really do something about it. And that's when I decided to become a coach. Because I knew that if I trained as a coach and I started 
helping other people to achieve their goals that I would also achieve my own goals. Mm-hmm. And um, is there something that, um, you, like a tool or a technique or something that you have learned that you have done for yourself that you found that helped you with your confidence that was more effective than others? Because, um, you know, when you're training as a coach, uh, mm-hmm. you learn a bunch of different techniques and uh, oh, yes. there are some that are more effective for people and some that are less effective. Which one was the most effective for you? For me, it was uh, using affirmations. I really love to use affirmations. It felt really weird at first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking to myself and telling myself I was wonderful, I was great, something that I just didn't believe about myself. But I found that the, the more I practiced, the better I got at it and the more confident I became. And I did this every morning. I will come in here and I will stick a piece of paper on, on the wall and read, read out all the qualities I felt I, I possessed and I owned it. And I kept doing it and I kept doing it until it became sort of second nature to me. Is there, um, what kind of affirmation were, were you saying? What? I would say things like you are capable of so much more than you believe. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to achieve your dreams. You are beautiful, mm-hmm. you are elegant. All the things that I didn't believe about, about myself. You are confident. Mm-hmm. You are a great friend. You are an achiever, things like that. It, 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 depend, it depended on how I felt really, but these are some of the things I would say to myself. And I would also, I learned the technique uh, during my coaching, I've forgotten what it's called. I think it's an NLP technique mm-hmm. where you sort of step into somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, you imagine um, like a role model, mm-hmm. admire, and somebody I really admire for her strength and her achievements <clears throat> is Michelle Obama and yeah. Winfrey. And sometimes I would use two of them. You know, you step into literally step into their body yeah and 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 embody who they are and for a few minutes well you ask them for permission first (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's all right if i kind of step into you Mm -hmm. and become you for a few minutes so that i can solve this problem i have or i can um empower myself to face the day that's how it starts it's a bit weird because I mean, they can't hear you, but <laughs> <laughs> but I found that I, I, I could do that. And um, yeah, and I, I tried that with, with a few other people as well. And uh, what is uh, what is something about, uh, let's say, Michelle Obama or Oprah Winfrey that, uh, that you admire a lot? I admire their strength. I admire the fact that they... They have built this huge following and I admire that they, they, they are very kind, they're both very kind and they've helped a lot of women. They've also helped a lot of young people. I admire their charity work, I admire the influence they have over others and I want to be like them. Mm-hmm. Another woman I really admire is Jo Malone. I don't know if you know her. She's no. a British perfumer. Mm-hmm. She's a I've heard, I've heard, yeah, I've yeah, heard about unlike the, myself, the, the she survived very aggressive breast cancer. Mm-hmm. 
She was actually quite dyslexic at school and left with no qualifications. But she went on to build this huge business that she sold to Estelle Lauder for millions. Mm-hmm. And set up her perfumery now. And, and I love her quote. There's a quote of hers that I really love that she used mm-hmm. the last time she was interviewed on BBC. And she said that, I'll try and remember it now, don't be defined by other people's expectations of you. Mm-hmm. You own your life and you own your dreams. Go out there and make them come true. Mm-hmm. I really love that quote. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredibly powerful. And yes, we are. Um, I think there's a lot of times we we will play your smaller game or a different game just yeah. because we want to. Uh, we look at uh, what other people are thinking about us and yes. what other people are saying about us. I mean, I remember when um, when I was a kid, uh, I I had a lot of I loved, for example, like rock metal music, yes. and so it was. Um, I was a bit the outsider and. Uh, um, it made me a lot of time think that uh, I, or or I, for example, one of the things I was doing, I was really good at school. And you know, mm. when you're a kid and you're really good at school, they, <laughs> you're not the most popular. Absolutely. Let's put it this way. And I remember it was very, very tough um, uh, to a point that I said to myself, I don't want to become good at school. I don't want to be good at school anymore. And I um, conform to what the, the cool kids want not wanted me to be but what i what i thought the cool kids wanted me to be and uh and not being myself anymore um i believe that uh, you know we, we all have different people that influence us through throughout our lives uh, people that are close to us can be family members or people that we meet uh, along the way uh, do you have a person that jumps to mind right now uh, that influenced you in uh, in your life whatever situation maybe i think my the greatest influencer i've I've had in my life i would say um is my dad when he's passed away Mm -hmm. and he was um a teacher he was very much an academic Mm -hmm. and he was uh, for for most of the time that we were growing up he was a school principal and we were always moving from school to school so i I grew up living in school compounds Yeah, and he loved music, and I think I got my love of music from mm-hmm. her, from him as well. So, um, yes, I, I think I think first and foremost, he really influenced me. My mom was a teacher as well, and um, mm-hmm. learned a lot of things from her. So, I have um, I come from a background of um, education. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my dad really influenced me to to become the best I could possibly be and go for whatever I wanted to do with my life. My parents actually gave us the freedom, you know, and unlike some parents that wouldn't, coming from a Nigerian background, mm-hmm. you know, parents want their children to be doctors or lawyers mm-hmm. or, or some famous um, academic. But yeah. my parents just said, do whatever you want, be whoever you, you want to be, as do something that you want as long as it's legal. <laughs> 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 I like the caveat, as long as it's legal. So both your parents were, were academic, your yeah. mom and your dad were academic. Um, how was for you growing up in an academic household? I mean, did you have uh, um, expectations that you had to perform better at schools? Because, um, or were you naturally good at school? Like, how were you living that situation? 
um, it was difficult because I tried to live up to my dad's expectations and I felt academically and I felt that I didn't. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't. I struggled in subjects like maths mm -hmm. and sciences. Strangely enough, strangely enough, I loved biology. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't do well in physics and chemistry, which was really weird. <laughs> but I loved English and I loved literature. And I did really well in those subjects. So I loved, I loved to read books. I loved stories. And I loved to get lost. Back then, we didn't have any computer games. And, mm -hmm. and I loved to get lost in stories. And so um, that's, that's um, yeah. Space I can remember about growing up. <laughs> sure. So, um, uh, coming from an academic background, uh, and so your were your parents a first uh, generation immigrants? Um, so they were, they, they they came from Nigeria. Your parents to the UK no. or? No, no, no. My parents did not live in the UK. So they you visited. you they, they visited the UK. So you yes. when when did you uh, come to the UK? Oh gosh, um, that's about twenty years ago. How did you end up in the UK? Oh gosh, that's another long story. <laughs> I got time. <laughs> maybe, maybe for some other time. It's a rather sad story. It's about my late brother, actually. He um, came here to be treated for leukemia. He subsequently died. Mm -hmm. We all had to come to test for whether we, we, we could be a match for a, um, to be a, um, a bone marrow donor for him. Mm-hmm. So we all came here and I had to give up my job in Lagos <clears throat> and I had to look after him while he was in hospital. Mm -hmm. Eventually my other, my sister had to go back and my siblings, other siblings had to go back because they had families. I was the only one who didn't. So I stayed on uh, until he died. And, and then I thought, what the hell am I going back for? I might as well just make my life here. So I, I got a job here and, um, eventually met my husband here and and that's it really and that's how old how old were you at the time when you when you when you decided to stay here uh oh do i have to tell you oh uh, well if you want to <laughs> <laughs> you can give us uh, uh we have I, I have no reference how many years ago it was so uh, if you want to say you can say otherwise now <laughs> uh was in my Early 30s. Early. And so uh, the reason why I'm asking is mainly because I want to check. I would love to know how is for you now, like um, integrating yourself in, 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 the, in the world here in the UK. Cause, uh, it was strange at first. Yeah. Yeah, it was strange at first. Um, I struggled with the food. I struggled with... I didn't struggle with much, actually. It wasn't that difficult to integrate. Mm -hmm. I just, I just had found out how things were done, and I just sort of um, coped. Yeah. But I struggled with the food. I found it bland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're food. talking, you're talking to an Italian right now. So yes. So I quickly, I quickly fell in love with a Thai restaurant nearby, <laughs> and the first thing I did when I, I met my husband was to introduce him to it. Because I, I, I fell in love with Thai food very quickly because I found that they they cooked food similar to the way we cook in Nigeria and mm -hmm. they, they, they use spices and really fragrant spices and and um, I love that. <laughs> so. is, there, is there something you miss about Nigeria? Um, I miss the weather and I miss the food. Mm -hmm. but, 
but um, the, you can get the food here. Maybe not all aspects of it, mm-hmm. not quite the same way you can, you get it in Nigeria, but to some extent, there are shops here now that sell a lot of the food we have back in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I miss I miss the weather. The, the, well, the weather is a bit more difficult to get back. <laughs> yes. Um, was there something that uh, surprised you, maybe about yourself, uh, or a new aspect of yourself that you have discovered once you moved to 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 the UK? Um, the reason why I'm asking this question is because uh, I mean I didn't uh, have such a, like a huge shift of culture like maybe mm-hmm. you did because from from Nigeria from Lagos to London to the UK. Mm-hmm. It is a cultural shift. Uh, mm. Being Italian and coming to London, mm. um, there is a language shift, there is a cultural shift. But I remember that coming to a new country, I've discovered so- things about myself that I didn't know I had in me. Mm. Um, or I didn't, other sides of my character that came out just because I didn't have people around me that uh, yeah. had been knowing me for all my life. So is there something about yourself that you discovered, uh, something new about yourself that you discovered by coming here? I suppose um, I discovered very quickly how tough I was. I never really considered myself as as tough and strong, but I found out that I was when I had to live here and adapt, especially um, watching my brother die from leukemia. And I had to get over that quickly and because it, it was I was still quite new here then. I had to I had to quickly cope and we, we I had to move out from where we were all living together and find myself um, an accommodation of my own. Mm-hmm. So those were really tough times and I felt that if I could overcome those times that I would be able to face just about anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, so now moving moving forward, uh, um, you mentioned that uh, you suffered with uh, with breast cancer, and uh, now you're doing uh, incredible work uh, um, with uh, with charities that support women with breast cancer. Uh, you've been also on the cover of magazines uh, as uh, the face uh, for 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 the charity that you support. Uh, how was uh, uh, for you going through that experience? Um. Yeah, that's, that was an, um, another shocker in my life, actually, because the, <laughs> if anyone ever told me I would get breast cancer, I wouldn't have believed it because I considered myself quite healthy mm-hmm. and I, 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 I ate reasonably healthy food mm-hmm. and I exercised quite regularly. I loved mm-hmm. fit and I don't joke with that. And, and even while I was that being diagnosed with cancer, I was actually training to go for a run to raise funds for cancer research. So, wow. so day, yes, the day before I had my first surgery, I did a 5K run to raise funds for Cancer Research UK. <laughs> and the following Monday, Monday, I went into hospital and had my first surgery. I'd been training for it with no idea I had cancer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how, how much I loved to keep fit. I used to go for runs and, and exercises. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was really shocked. It was like, I said to the doctor, but I thought if you kept healthy and mm-hmm. did everything you were supposed to do, that you, you don't get cancer. And no, but no one in my family has ever had breast cancer as well. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, it doesn't work that way. You can still get it even if you are healthy. And even, even if no one in your family has ever had it. And I was just simply gobsmacked. And it made me wonder, just for a brief second, why bother then? 
I'm eating <laughs> I'm eating all my vegetables, I'm eating all my salads. I'm proud of all of that. And I still got cancer. But then I, I realized quickly as well that, that was it was silly to think that way because because they one thing they told me was that the fact that I'd been really keeping fit and healthy would help me to recover quickly mm-hmm. from cancer or or much better yes. than other people from cancer and they were right it did it did I made a, a really good recovery not necessarily a quick recovery because mm-hmm. it took almost a year to completely get back to my normal self did, did you ever um, doubt that things will not get back to normal yes I did doubt I did have doubts you know when the going was really tough I did in fact I thought I was going to die I didn't I didn't even know I was going to survive it when when I was first diagnosed they said it was stage two and then they did the surgery and tested the cancer and came back and told me it was a very aggressive stage three and I thought that's it hmm. I won't survive this. Well, the, the, then the doctor said, "Well, let's let's take it one step at a time. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't jump to conclusions." And um, here I am today. So, uh, what did you do? What did you do to keep strong in those times? Um, I tried to stay positive, and I prayed because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a lot of faith, and I. I'm very lucky. I had I had the support of my family and friends as well, so that mm-hmm. helped a great deal. Uh, th- those were really tough times, and um, whatever little confidence confidence I was starting to develop then, cancer took all of that away. Because by the time I lost all my hair and all my nails, I lost my hair, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my fingernails, my toenails, and I could hardly walk. And No, that really dealt a blow on my confidence. It, so I had to rebuild it all over again when I survived from cancer. Um, wow, I'm an, it's, uh, what a story. Yeah. What a story. And uh, I think that uh, for everyone listening, the reason why we're doing these interviews in this way, it is because we can all learn um, from, from each other. We can all learn from yeah, what absolutely. we did to overcome tough moments. You know, for someone can be the cancer, for someone else can be the loss of a business, for someone else can be the loss of a family members. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is, um, We, we can all pretend that life is going to be all roses and flowers, but the reality is not. not. We <laughs> have the roses and flowers moment uh, as well as we have the darker moments. And so um, uh, it's about enjoying the, the, the great moments and absolutely. it's about having the tools to, to overcome. To over- uh, absolutely. So, so thank you very much for sharing. Mm, I would love to ask you now, so all the experiences that you had in your life from moving to another country to being bullied at school to um, uh, going through cancer uh, and, uh, and coming out healthy on the other side, uh, how does uh, or those experiences influencing you the work that you're now doing with, uh, with young women? Um, I, I feel really privileged that I'm still here. And that's why I felt that I had to give something back. I, I, that's why I, um, I really want to en- encourage young women to love who they are. Mm-hmm. Because I struggled to love who I was back then. I was influenced by other people's opinion of me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be somebody else because I hated who I was. And I'm trying to get them to realize that they've got this one life, they've got this one body, 
they have to make a connection with it and really love who they are and appreciate what they are because life is too short mm-hmm. and and um and that's why I do what I do that that's why I do what I do I feel one thing that cancer taught me is that you can't sit around for long doing nothing because you mm-hmm. can just wake up and and dead and die you can wake yeah. up and yourself dead you know, we don't we don't um know when our time will come but whatever time we've got here now we need to put it to very good use absolutely well stella it has been a, a fantastic interview thank you very much for opening up thank you very much for uh, for sharing uh, some of um, the more um, uh, what we can say intimate also parts of, of your life and uh, and things that you've been through so I really appreciate it and I think that everyone that has been listening so far can definitely take a lot of takeaways uh, or sometimes it can just uh, be a reminder that uh, you know sometimes it doesn't matter if you have a tough time mm-hmm. that there is always uh, there is always something better after Absolutely. and and, Absolutely. and so uh, maybe this uh, this interview has served for different purposes uh, if someone wants to reach out to you, maybe because they want to interview you on their show or uh, they want to know a bit more about the things that you do with your, the, your programs as well or they want to get you into schools, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? They can reach out to me via my uh, Facebook page. Um, it's, um, hold on a minute, let me read it out. <laughs> I don't believe that, I don't know it off heart. <laughs> 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 is uh, facebook.com slash confidence coaching for teenage girls they can reach me there or they can reach me on my instagram page my instagram handle is at the lioness within coaching uh, they can also reach me on linkedin linkedin.com slash in slash mahar stella fantastic uh, twitter.com slash conf coach 14 Right, so we'll put uh, we'll put all these uh, the social media links uh, in the show notes, uh, so then uh, uh, you guys can just scroll down. Make sure you follow Stella in their social media accounts uh, and uh, as well connect with her. In particular, if you are the contacts in schools, uh, Stella does incredible program for teenage girls. Uh, uh, You've heard her story, so make sure um, uh, you you call her in in your school or if you have an event. She's absolutely phenomenal. All right, Stella, thank, thank you very so much. much. Are you welcome? Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. It has been an thank absolute you. pleasure. Likewise. Thank now, la- you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or listening. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe right now so you don't miss any other incredible episode. And uh, we're sharing uh, tactics to grow your business and as well uh, great stories like the one that we have heard today from Stella. So subscribe right now. And until next episode, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao.